you are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. Hey, welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm chatting today about uh, the failures of local municipalities and what can possibly be done to improve the situation on service delivery, uh, curb corruption, stem or re- relax and fix the, the irregular expenditure and the other many problems facing the 257 municipalities in, in our country. Um, our minister has proposed a district model, but well, will it solve, solve the problems? And on the line we have a good friend of ours, a good friend of mine, Roger, Roger Ferguson. How are you, Roger? Great to have you on the show. Uh, lovely to be with you, Rod. And looking forward to this conversation. I'm sure you are. You've been an expert in in uh, local municipalities and local governance structures for, for over 20 years. Um, and you've seen some horrific things and some great things, I'm sure. Uh, tell us a bit more about, about your history and what makes you such an expert in the space. I always say that I, 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 learned, I learned about the ethics of local government uh, in the early 1990s in the City Hall of Durban. Um, with luminaries uh, such as Gordon Haygoth. Um, but in 1994, as a relatively young uh, somebody, I found myself as a, as a town clerk in rural KwaZulu-Natal. Um, and within three months of my appointment, uh, I was thrust into the whole process of, of trying to democratize um, and deracialize local government bringing together previously separate uh, organs of gov- local government, uh, white municipalities and, and, and their black counterparts, um, and, and trying to establish uh, a, 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 an interim process in the form of t- t- uh, transitional local councils. Um, and then subsequently... Um, once the 1996 constitution was put in place and the, and the local government legislative framework was, um, enacted and developed, um, to then establish, um, municipalities, uh, um, in line with our new constitutional order. Um, it was both, um, difficult times, um, the 19, 1994 and around that period, the country was still, uh, uh, in turmoil and, and, and still burning, and there was um, a lot of conflict, um, and it, it was quite challenging to bring uh, former white municipalities together um, with, with 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 black municipalities. I would be lying if I didn't say that there was resistance from white communities uh, for that integration. Mm. But it, it was exciting times to be involved. Um, and in, in, in the democratization of South Africa. Oh, um, yeah. Subsequently, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the establishment of new municipalities in line with our new constitutional order, the 1996 constitution, uh, it really was really exciting times. Um, most people agree that we have got a fantastic constitution. And many many who, who, who understand our local government legislation will agree that our post-1994 uh, local government legislation is world class. 
Um, and um, there was much hope at that time that, that we would be able to establish uh, progressive and well-governed uh, municipalities across the country. Indeed, indeed. There, there was there was a lot of hope at that time. And I think we all lived through the first uh, few, uh, should we say, glory or rainbow years. But but what has happened since then? If we we had well-managed municipalities and the the merger of the, all the municipalities and, and restructuring, what has gone wrong? Why do we see 85% of municipalities failing? Why do you only... There are the only 27 clean audits, and what is going on? <laughs> well, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit more detail later, but the fundamental difference is a difference between good and bad governance. Um, yes, but but I, I think that, look, um, uh, when, when the new municipalities were established in about 2001, uh, um, aligned to the new constitutional order, clearly most of those municipalities in South Africa would have would have been run essentially um, by 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 the ANC. And I think at that time, um, the ANC held the moral high ground in the in the country. They are, after all, were the ones that had. Uh, supposedly liberated this country, and, and so um, I think when when things started to go wrong initially, uh, people were reluctant to point it out simply because the ANC were our liberators. They held the moral high ground at that time, and so we we I think many of us turned a blind eye to what was going on. Uh, because Simply because the ANC held the moral high ground, um, but I think the fundamental problem is the matter of separation of the party and the state. Without a doubt, and, I think that is a major and, problem. And and what 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 exacerbated that problem, and and what to some extent caused that problem, is the whole issue of cadre deployment. Without a doubt, I absolutely if agree. You, with you. If you if you if you deploying party cadres into the into the administration into senior positions in the administration of a municipality, how is the political component of a municipality, which is aligned to the same party, going to hold hold their deployees accountable? Definitely, and I think. So to me, that is the fundamental problem: is cadre deployment, and because of that, there was no longer any clear distinction between party and the state. There was no clear distinction between the, the council of a municipality and the administration of a municipality. And how could you hold the administration of the municipality accountable when you actually wanted to try and hold your own? your own cadres accountable. And in fact, in some cases, um, cadres deployed to senior positions in municipalities held higher political office than, than their counterparts in the council. So how could they hold them accountable? Well, that is rather disturbing. And it seems to be a, a pattern that is um, 
or sort of reflected or, or emulated throughout our state-owned entities, and not just the municipalities, but all all government government structures. And it's a, it's a real problem, in my opinion, that our, our government has failed to clearly distinguish between what is politics and what is what is governance. Governance essentially is managing a business as such, and politics, in my opinion, is more the the marketing. Uh, side, side, side of things, you know, trying to catch, catch votes and, and so on. But when it comes to managing municipalities, they most definitely need to take a, a business approach rather than a political approach. It is after all about service delivery rather than, than, than gaining votes. And quite honestly, I, I couldn't care who has oversight functions or which political party has oversight functions over, over our local municipality. As long as the managers and administrators are able to do their job of service, service delivery. But there's been a definite fail in, in that whole, whole idea. Um, would you say it's, it's more linked to, uh, corruption, tender opportunities, a chance to make money on the side, or is it simply just a ideological uh, issue that, that's at play here? Well, look, I mean, the ideological part of it was cadre deployment. I mean, the ANC have, have when they've been questioned on cadre deployment, uh, said that that is their policy, um, that, that that is what they believe in. Um, the problem is that it decimated your administrations. Uh, you lost competency. You lost uh, professionalism. Um and so what you what you now and 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 it, and what it did is it also created a lot of instability because whenever the political component of the municipality changes, then you see that there's a wholesale clean out of the administration because they want to get their buddies into 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 uh, in, in, you know into office. Mm-hmm. Um, what we should be having is we should be having professional administrations. Uh, administrations that survive new parties coming into power. Mm-hmm. Um, those administrations should be loyal to the municipality itself and to the citizens, and not and not and not to to the whims of 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 the political parties that that are in power. Definitely, and I, I think that if you uh, to expand on what you're saying there, it should be. Uh, run like I said, by, like a business. But the the only thing that that should really change in after after an election, if there if there is a change of of oversight function, is the board as as such. So if it was a company, it would be a change of of board members, non-executive and, and executive members. But the company itself, the employees, the functions, the service providers, and everything else would remain in place. Uh, am, am I yeah. understanding it correctly? Yeah. Yes, because you want that separation. You want that separation between the political component, the, the municipal council, and the administrative component. Um, as a as a as a former town clerk and municipal manager, I always used to say to my councillors um, that there must be Bob wire uh, between between the the council and the administration. Mm. Um, and that the, the municipal manager is the conduit, uh, should be the conduit between the political component and the administrative component. You need a firewall between the two. Um, Definitely. That is the only way that you're going to, 
um, foster transparency and accountability. Without a doubt, I absolutely agree. So, on on that note, again, what do you what do you make of the minister's proposal to introduce this district based model? I don't think that it's, I don't think that you're solving the fundamental problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a knee jerk reaction. I mean, Rob, if we go to it, I mean, um, if we just look at all the interventions that have taken place in local government over the last 15 years, mm-hmm. you had, you had Project Consolidate. Uh, in 2009, you had the local government uh, turnaround strategy. Then you had another initiative which was called Operation Clean Audit. Um, and the, the latest one that's been bandied around for the last couple of years is Back to Basics. Yes. All of these initiatives have come to naught. Yeah. Which is um, terrifying. And, yeah. and it's, 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 and I go back and I say that the, that the core problem is the issue of cadre deployment and the separation of the party and the state. And unless you get that right, no intervention is going to make any difference. Absolutely. Um, I mm. cannot see how the district management model um, is, is, is going to solve any problem um, as long as we've got this dysfunction. Um, yeah. in, 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 the, in the system. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, we've just been focusing on, on corruption and state capture and failing governance at, at a national level. But it's, it's actually endemic in throughout all, all three spheres of, of governments. Which is, which well, is well, a ma- I major problem. With you. You know, mm. I fully agree with you. You know, I think the, the focus has been on national government. Um, and there's been the slow burn that's slowly been developing in, in local government, which is now a raging inferno. I mean, there isn't a day where you, you don't read press reports of, of dysfunction and service delivery failures um, in, 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 in local government. Uh, more recently, Wandele uh, Shishlobe, the, the, the uh, agricultural economist, uh, has been pointing out how the failure of, of rural municipalities is impacting um, on, on the productivity of, of the agricultural sector. Um, I think for years we, we, we all tended to focus on the failings at, at national government level and state capture and corruption at national government level. Um, but the same thing was taking place at, 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 at municipal level. And I would go so far as to say that the that the state of failure and, and the crisis at local government level is actually uh, more precarious mm-hmm. um, and and should be more of a concern to us than yeah. what is actually happening at at local at, at national government level. The fact of the matter is that if if we continue to see the collapse of municipal governance. In this country, you're going to ask the question: What has national government got left to govern? Indeed, that is absolutely uh, a profound you know, statement. When you when you wake up in the morning and you switch on your tap, you're dealing with your local government. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you switch on the water to boil a cup of of coffee, of, of boil of water for coffee, you're dealing with your local government. Uh, when you when you drive to drop your kids off at school. 
you're interacting with your local government. When you go to your place of work, it's located in your, munis- in your municipality. So if your municipalities collapse, what is there left to actually govern? No, I think you're 100% correct. And local government is is where the people are, and it's the easiest place to show failures, but it is also the easiest place to show improvements and, and successes. So I think... You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 Kai FM. We're chatting today with uh, Roger Ferguson on the problems facing municipalities, local governance structures, and is there a solution to it? Government has proposed a, yeah, a new model, which is a district district model, district management model, but will it solve solve the problems? Well, we don't seem to think so, do we, Roger? Well, you know, um, what I wanted to say to you, Rob, is that um, a few years back, um, I, um, I uh, did an academic study um, into a good municipal governance. And um, I was hoping to actually come up with a recipe of, of how to attain a state of, of good governance at a municipal level. And, and a, a recipe for attaining good governance in every single municipality in the country. And um, to undertake the study, uh, I identified the Overstrand municipality in the Hermanus area of the Western Cape. I chose that municipality because um, it was coming, um, it, was, it was ranked high in all the, all, all the good governance uh, indices that there are. And as I said, I, I was hoping to come up with a recipe. Um, if you mix this and that and, and the other together, then, then you should attain a state of good governance. Um, that is what I was looking for when I went into the study. At the end of the study, my conclusion was one sentence, and that is that good governance starts with ethical political leadership. Huh, indeed. If you don't have ethical political leadership at the helm of a municipality um, in, its, in its political components, you're not going to have good governance in that municipality. Without a doubt. And so, really, the ultimate solution uh, is in the hands of the voter. Yeah. The voter must must use their votes strategically. They must vote for, for ethical leaders. Because if you don't vote for ethical leaders, um, you're not going to have a state of good governance. That is, that is undoubtedly the truth. But, you know, how do we, how do we judge whether they, they're ethical or not? And be before the fact, the political parties and uh, politicians are, are yeah. so, so good at making promises. But well, Rob, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play party politics here. Definitely. Um, but I'm going to say that, that the majority of municipalities that are relatively cleanly governed and that get uh, decent uh, uh, audit reports are, are found in the Western Cape. 
Yeah. It is, and it, yeah, we, we should actually put party politics aside when and look at what, why they are successful and why the others are are failing. And then the doctor approach. And let me just say on that point, um, Rob, that um, give credit where credit is due. Mm. Um, Helen Ziller, uh, in my opinion, was the architect of good governance. Um, at, at municipal and at provincial government level in this country. Mm. That, that's, that is, that is a, 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 a tribute to, to her governance style, perhaps. And perhaps it was because she was also a mayor at, at one stage and she was exposed to the goings on within, within municipal structures as well as the political side. So it does, it does have a, an impact on, on her insight there as well. When you compare it to, say, um, municipalities in the Lumpopo area and, and so on, where, as, as you said earlier on, you don't have, you have uh, cadre deployments instead of actual skills, skills deployment. That definitely does, does impact it. But as you also said earlier on, we need to separate um, the politics aside from from the the governance structures, so yeah. although we need to vote in uh, ethical people with with standards and, and experience, we still need to keep in mind that it's it's ultimately up to the administration and the um, municipal managers to to have the adequate skills to perform these these service delivery functions. Yeah. So would would that happen in a change of uh, of, of political party, not unless we keep it, keep those structures separate. So again, that this falls back to um, national government and the minister, the cogta minister, to uh, maybe pre- perform a, a an oversight function from a national level down down to that. Is would that be advisable? But uh, Rob, I'm just I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier, and mm. that is that. Uh, Operation Consolidate, local government turnaround strategy, yeah. back to basics, um, <laughs> Operation Clean Audit. Those were all initiatives from COPTA, from the yeah. National Department, which have failed. The other point is simply this, that um, in, the, in the system of governance in this country, government is made up of, of national, provincial, and, and the local spheres of government. Together they form the government of this of this country, and together they are supposed to uh, govern this country uh, coherently. Um, local government in, 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 our, in our constitutional order has has quite a lot of autonomy, and it's actually pretty difficult for, for provincial or the national government to interfere in the affairs um, of, of, of individual municipalities. Having said that, both provincial government and national government have got oversight uh, functions over local government and can intervene when things start to fall apart. Um, <laughs> But how, we do we, how did they know? Of that oversight. Of we haven't we seen haven't. much of that oversight, um, and and they and they've tended to to turn a blind eye simply because of political considerations. Um, yeah. 
an ANC provincial copter minister doesn't want to be seen to be lambasting an ANC-led uh, municipal council. Um, so provincial government and national government have also got to, have also got uh, must must answer for how they've allowed the slide of of local government uh, to take place. But yeah, having said that, mm. and, and and having said that, this is the key, the ultimate key to me is in the hands of the voter. Uh, the voter must use their vote uh, judiciously and try and elect um, ethical political leaders. But having said that, let's put that aside. What was always profound to me is the definition given to, uh, of a municipality in the, in, the, in the Local Government Municipal Structures Act, where it says there that a municipality is an organ of state um, consisting of the political structures and the administration of the municipality. And then it goes on and adds, and the community of the municipality. In the Municipal Systems Act, there is a whole chapter devoted to community participation. Um, as citizens, we don't actually realize how much power we have got to influence uh, the policy and the governance of municipalities. Absolutely agree with you on that one. That's everything we, we, we stand for. So I, I can... I, couldn't say anything more about public participation because I think that is the ultimate goal. Although you can vote once every four years or so, it is that is just once every four years. But we need to get involved, and the public should actually be forming the performing the oversight function on on municipal uh, administration. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 Chi FM. Having a wonderful chat with Roger Ferguson around local municipality uh, structures, failures, and possible solutions. Roger, welcome back. We chatted earlier on, or we were chatting on before the break, about um, what ordinary citizens can do. You mentioned the voting yeah. process, public participation, and and so on. Now, now given um, uh, there was a recent court case in, in Wakanda, which certainly empowered the local community, um, what does does the future future hold for for uh, the public, for municipalities, and how can we influence that towards a better better outcome? Rob, I just want to go back a, a step. Um, your your catchphrase for this show is because democracy doesn't just happen. <laughs> um, and and this is the whole point, and it goes back to what I was saying is. Society must realize just how much power they've got. Yeah. Um, and as I was alluding to before, before the break, um, I was saying that there's a whole chapter in the local, in the local government municipal systems act, um, ar- around community participation. And that chapter starts off by saying a municipality must develop a culture of municipal governance. It complements formal representative government with a system of participatory governance. Mm. Now, what that means is that 
not only must there be formal elections every four or five years to elect a new municipal council, but each municipality must develop a system of participatory governance. They must encourage, they've got a, a responsibility to encourage the community to participate in the planning and decision-making that takes place at local government level. And to me, this is a major weapon and tool in the hands of society. You must insist that your municipality practices participatory governance. You must insist that they consult you when they want to take uh, strategic decisions, when, when they're developing the RDP, when they're developing their budget. You have got the right to participate and to influence those outcomes. And you've got a right to, to, to gauge the performance of the municipality um, when it publishes its annual report. So um, mm -hmm. we've, got a, we've got a wonderful constitutional framework and legislative framework um, that actually empowers society. Um, and I don't think that we always recognize just how much power we have. Absolutely. Absolutely correct, Roger. And Roger, it's been uh, like absolutely wonderful chat. Um, if not too short as, as usual, I think we should definitely have a, another follow up session as we are facing uncertainties with, with the local elections coming up. Thank you so much for your, for your time, Roger and we shall chat again very soon. Pleasure.